Welcome. Hey y'all. Um, I guess I don't have my phone right now. It's over there. Um, what do you want to talk about? I love you. I love them. No, please don't go. Don't go. That's all right. You can slide those bitches over my way. You know what I mean? <laughs> get right on over here. You know what I mean? I wonder if I just put this on her. <clears throat> I don't think that's going to go well. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the news updates. The news. What's going on in the news? Well, you know that movie, The Day After Tomorrow? Yeah. It's that, but in real life, is happening. Like I love apple juice, I think it's delicious. Ow. And Big Boy. Big Boy. Presents. Vivid. Apple juice. Apple juice. Don't touch my apple juice or there will be repercussions. Yeah, like climate change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hawaii. Maui, as it were, uh, specifically. Come on, girl, finish up. Maui. Well, not all of Maui, but that city in Maui burned to the ground. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be rude because, you know, I think as a human, I would probably feel this way too. Mm. You but are. But if I have human. to hear, I know, but like, you know what I mean? As okay. being me being a person, I would mm. feel this way too, but I wouldn't say it because I'm. Okay. The number of people I've heard from three people, they're like, guess where I had a trip planned. It's like. Can you think outside of your own personal sphere for like three seconds? Yeah, these people you know what I mean? lost their lives, their homes, mm -hmm. their, some of and, them, their families. And yeah. their ancestral homes, too. Yeah. Like, that's where they're from. Like, that's where yeah. they, like, draw their, like, you know, origin. You know yeah. what I mean? Too. Like, they had to flee to the ocean to survive. Mm hmm And I've heard from people. Gotta rebook to fucking another island. You know what I mean? That's crazy. That's the craziest shit ever. So that happened. And then... Someone told me that today. Another day after tomorrow thing. Volcano. Where? Good question. What's the name of it? Oh. Don't be upset. You're okay. I got you. What's the name of the volcano? Rosie Cotton? Can you hand me my phone? You're okay. She's doing this. Who am I doing? Who am I doing? She's doing that. She's doing who am I doing? Mm -hmm. Who am I doing? Who am I doing? Okay, hold on. I'm pulling it up. Okay, after tomorrow. Here we go. And asleep. A volcano 20 miles from Iceland's capital. The Krakatoa. I see. Reykjavik is the capital of Iceland. Oh, wow. You say it. I don't want to. You say it. Exactly. Do you see what I see? Let me, okay. I let, this is my first run at it. Okay. Can I see it? Fagradasfjall. Okay. How would you say it? Burp, girl, come on. Yeah. Fagradasfjall. Fagradasfjall. Fagrad is located in an uninhabited valley in the southwest of Iceland, and uh, a large volcano erupted there. That's Look pretty how cool. Huge. Look how huge. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Where's Dennis Quaid uh, to 
connect with Jake Gyllenhaal or whatever happened in that That's movie. That's exactly what happened. Um, yeah, I saw a video about how Jake Gyllenhaal forgot that they were in that movie together. That he played his father. Because apparently they didn't shoot any... I guess they didn't shoot any scenes together. I don't remember that movie very they well. They did shoot some scenes together. He was like, oh yeah, that's right. You're, you're my dad in that movie. What do you have to Lahaina. say? Lahaina. Is the island. She's not talkative right now. Oh my god, did you know that giant river otters can be up to five and a half feet tall? <laughs> no, that's kind of fun though. They attack and eat crocodiles. Otters. Giant river otter, otters. You should look it up. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but in case any of you guys are just like not news people, um, Lahaina on the island of Maui, Hawaii, sure enough, uh, burned to the ground. Um, and it's a little funny, but not funny. Maui had the best and most thorough emergency siren system in the world. Not the country. The world. And they didn't use it. They didn't use it. Yeah, she's cute. Mm -hmm. And they did not use it. I almost said, come hither. Rosie Cotton. Come cute, she's being. It's like school photos. Fucking cherubim on her hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like school photos. Um. Don't sneeze and just sneeze if you want. Um. No, I hate it. I hate that. I don't want to wake her or scare her. Um. <clears throat> additionally. I'd wait a little minute. Okay. Additionally to like, if we're talking about, we were talking about whatever. We're talking about travel now. Um, Kenya. Do you know mm-hmm. about this already? No. Kenya is set to be the first country to have free visas, meaning like you don't need any visa at all to come hmm. or stay or work or do whatever. No, cool. no visa required. Um, so Europe just made, um, or maybe not yet, but soon. They're implementing a... Um, you have to pay to apply for a visa from the U.S. It's like five bucks. Oh. I saw... It was like, Europe now makes U.S. pay for whatever. I was like, bro, the application fee is like seven dollars. You know what I mean? Still making money, though. Yeah, but we charge... A lot, as I understand it. I don't know. Um, entertainment news. Here we go. I'm going to let him say it because he says it better than me. The former football star whose life story was featured in the movie The Blind Side tonight suing the family who said they adopted him. Michael Orr claims Sean and Lee Ann Tui tricked him into signing a conservatorship when he was just 18, allegedly telling him it was the same thing as being adopted. He says the family made millions off the movie, which starred Sandra Bullock, but didn't share it. His attorney tonight saying Orr learned he wasn't actually adopted in February. Tui's have not commented. The former football There's another TikTok. So you heard that, yeah? Mm-hmm. Did you ever see The Blind Side? Yeah. Did you like it? Mm-hmm. I liked the movie. Um, yeah, but it is very white savior, you know. The, that's know. the whole point of the movie. I know, but it's like. <clears throat> um, but I saw another TikTok. I liked the camaraderie between him and their son. I thought that was kind of nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Sandra Bullock and that, like that that character, I was like, I know, like she's playing like a strong woman, but I know, like, like if you ever interacted with her, you'd be like, oh my god, you know what I mean? Yeah, everybody would hate her in real life. Leanne Tui? Yeah. Probably they do. Like, they're like, know. yeah, go get him. You know what I mean? In I have the to assume everybody movie. does in there. Yeah, but, like, in the movie, they're like, you know what? Go get him, Sandra. You know what I mean? But it's like, if you were the football coach, you'd be like, oh, my God. Get the fuck. Hi, Miss yeah. Karen. You're just yeah. another Karen with a Karen haircut. Yeah, oh, my God. She's White Savior Karen. Name of the episode. White Savior Karen. 
Well, somebody remember write it. it down. I can't. Well, good, good that you will, because I won't. Okay. White Savior can Karen. Cannon. Wow. I'm having a hard time to speak, saying words sometimes recently. You're not having a medical problem. I know. I just think, I feel like I'm thinking too fast or talking too fast for how I'm thinking. Um, I saw a TikTok that was hilarious and it was just like, I gotta find it actually. Hold on. Let me, hold on. on. I sent it to someone. Did I send it to you? What do you have to say to the people? Yep. Here we go. Ready? The caption says Netflix getting ready to make a Michael Orr documentary called Blindsided. That's great. <laughs> That's good. That's a good TikTok right there. <laughs> Netflix yeah. getting ready to make a Michael Orr documentary called Blindsided. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's really good. If they don't call it that. They will. I know, but if they don't, they're like a Michael Orr story. Oh my god. Did you see that? Di- of course you did. But let's talk about it on here. Diane Feinstein. What'd she do this time? Oh, she's Yeah. She, <laughs> she's signing away her She her signed power away her power of attorney, but she is still signing bills for the United yeah. States of America. So she's decided she can no longer make rational decisions for herself, but she'd like to continue to make them for the rest of the country. Can you believe it? Here, I have something on Trump Judge as well. Hold on. No. So the the judge that uh, Trump will appear before on this Thursday at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern is Judge Tanya Chukin. Uh, She is an Obama appointee. She is one of the toughest sentencers of the January 6th rioters. Uh, She has previously rebuked Trump. Uh, in a case where she decided that his records need to be turned over, uh, she delivered the line, presidents are not kings and the plaintiff is not president. Uh, so lucky draw for him. <laughs> so the, the judge that uh, Trump will appear I'm just gonna before give you this. on... Oh, thank you. Wait, I'm sure you already knew that, yeah? I've heard some yeah. stuff, but I don't know all of it. Um. How's she looking over there? Term and age limits. Here we go. We've got to do something about senator age limits, congressman age limits. You cannot be allowed to do that job if you got like one foot in the damn grave. Like in this country, you got to be 18 years old to vote. You saw a toddler in a diaper. Don't put that baby in. Don't send that baby to the polls. But like, you should be the other end too. Like if you're 89 and diapers, you should not be voting on like approving another pipeline that's going to fuck up the air and not affect you. There's a reason you don't see, like, air traffic controllers at, like, 89 years old because you're making choices that affect people's lives. Like, I'm not ageist, but we got to put some hard parameters down. Like, if the first time you learned about Pearl Harbor was while it was actively happening, it's sort of like, maybe it's time to hang it up. You've had a nice, wealthy, long life. Just get out of the business of other people's lives. Like, any job past 90 is a little risky. Like, if you went into a subway and saw a 92-year-old sandwich artist, you'd be like... Is there anyone in the back you can call up? Is there any like teenager back there who hates his life you can bring out here and have him make my Italian BMT? I just love the analogy. Mm-hmm. Even it doesn't matter what the job is. If you saw a ninety-year-old sandwich artist, you'd be like, "Is there anybody else who can make my fucking sandwich?" Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be like death of a salesman about it, but you know. Maybe there are other positions, you know? How do you mean? Like Walmart grader. <laughs> Just Diane Feinstein retires, becomes Walmart greeter. Is assassinated immediately by an angry Walmartian? I don't know. Walmartian? Oh, much better. Um, but that's a fucking Walmartian to you, bro. Um, but no, like, I don't know. Like, go to... I don't know. They could make so much. I mean, they could still make a shit ton of money, like doing other shit. You know, like she could do like spe- she could try to do speaking engagements. You know what I mean? She could try to like read a Dr. Seuss book to children at an elementary school. You know what I mean? And so sorry to hard change topics, but I want to remember to get to this, and I didn't. It's not here, mm. and it just came up in my brain, and I want to mm. know if you know about it and want to talk about it. 
You know that new social... Oh, I just got a chill and I'm freezing. I'm getting sick. Anyway. Um, you seriously didn't have a single cookie. Um, but look at all of these mad, weird... It doesn't matter. Anyway. Uh, look, this, this social person, YouTuber, person, Bobby, mm -hmm. what's the deal? That's the whole thing. What's the deal? Some people say she's an industry plant. What does that mean? Like, um, because she's so new and is able to get, like, actual, like, you know, A-listers to come on to her podcast yeah but that's specifically big. i mean i saw an interview with her about how that happened you know what i mean though some people have said that about her i like her i think it's kind of fun it's like dry dry it's humor. very dry and i i'm just not sure i get it it's supposed to be she's purposefully intimidating right yeah i mean she's like purposefully like gives nothing you know what i mean yeah I watched a couple of the clips from the Drake one. He's wild. She's like the money stuff, and he's like a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just it's what he. She's like. She's like, is there an amount that you would just give to me, and just not even think about it? And he's like, yeah, of course. Like a, a mm. lot. She said. She said. Like, do you have enough money that you could just buy me a Lamborghini right now and just not even worry about it? And he was like, yeah. yeah. She was like, will you? <laughs> I saw her a video of her at a Drake concert. It was pretty funny. She like, I mean, I get, you know, I'm sure it was, of course it was like, you know, put on. But like, she was just standing like with her arms crossed. And like, all of the people around her were like, you know what I mean? Like, popping off for it. Yeah, Drake is the only one. I want to move her so, like, much because she looks uncomfy, but she's not screaming. So. Um, Drake's the only one that I saw that was big. I saw her go on to a radio show. She interviewed Mark Cuban. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Oh, like, like one thing of that, too. She was like, can you get one of your companies to sponsor me? Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm sure you'd be a fit for one of them. I have, like, 150 companies. And mm -hmm. she's like, make it happen. Mm -hmm. I should really get her thing, but I was just wondering what, what your take on her was. Mm -hmm. I mean. Here's that sexy doctor, Dr. Mike. Do you want to hear about from Dr. Mike? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a copy paste of something else. It's something a little bit different, you know? And it's like. What's our thing? Is it a copy paste? I love those other dudes. I just wish more comedians would get to know us. Mm -hmm. And want us around. What if we're? What if we think we're funny, but we're really not? Possible. And then we would go around real funny people, mm -hmm. and just it would be dead, dead air. Yeah, just... but like sometimes, like real funny people's like not podcasts, like their actual like stand up is not funny to me. The DeStefano guy's funny though. Chris DeStefano. Yeah, he's, he's funny. funny, and that podcast is funny. Yeah. And I, think, I haven't watched full episodes, but clips of it. Yeah, Hey Babe, I really like. I watch Hey is Babe that, every week. Is that his? Yeah, the, the, you're throwing peas at me, babe. Yeah. Here, peas. It's bees. It's bees, yeah. It's bees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, he's throwing bees, and it's peas. You're throwing, throwing bees, bees at, at me. me. It's peas. Peas, babe. Peas. Peas. Yeah. I, I like that podcast a lot. Because Sal, um, of Impractical Jokers. Say the, say the first syllable. Tub. Wrong. Yeah. It's so good. Can we watch it? Sure. How do I do it? You could watch it on t Yeah. You could say, hey, babe. Tupperware. Yeah, it's probably. They do a different song at the beginning of all their podcasts. Let's do it. Ready? Give my five-year-old daughter for school. Why do you have it in a Tupperware? No, <laughs> it's in just tinfoil, but I was afraid it was going to melt. That is legit the same Tupperware I give my five-year-old daughter for school every day. What do you think? Say it again. Tupperware? Say it again. Slow. Tupperware? Slow. Very slow. Say the first syllable. Tub. Wrong. 
What do you mean wrong? I thought I caught that. You're throwing, bees, you're throwing bees at me. It's what bees, is it? Bees, babe. What are you talking about? Tupperware. Tupper. It's Tupper? It's Tupper, babe. It always has been. Always will be. Yeah. Did you know that? Pimp that it was Tupper? I thought it was Tupperware because no. it kind of looks like a tub. <laughs> you know? That makes total sense. That's good. Mm-hmm. They do a song at the beginning of every podcast. And she's holding the mic for me. Why you laugh? Just a boom operator. <laughs> Let a baby boom. I can't reach her to kiss her. You're throwing bees at me. It's bees, babe. Bees always have been, always will be. What are you looking for? I'm trying to find there. They start with a little song and they change one of the lyrics to Hey Babe. They did one for Sinead O'Connor. Hey now, hey now. Oh, yeah, on the day that she died. Over. Yeah. That's a great song. Mm-hmm. Ready? This is Dr. Mike. It's the sexy doctor. Say on that to lose five pounds. How do you feel about that? It's not what its intended use is. Why that's dangerous is because when a medicine is studied by this evil farmer that we're talking about, it's studied in, in a certain population, people who have type 2 diabetes, who are overweight or have high blood pressure. So when you're taking it as someone who doesn't have any of these diagnoses and you take it, how do I know that the risks you're facing are going to be what the ones that we found in the research when we didn't test it on people like you? It's the same reason why we suck at treating women's heart disease because we never did research on women's heart disease. So when, when a, a female patient comes in and says, oh, I have a little acid reflux, maybe a little arm pain. We discount it and they're having a heart attack because our initial research was not done on women. It was done on men who said, I have an elephant sitting on my chest. This is how I describe it. And that's how our common knowledge is of heart disease. And therefore, we miss all these heart attacks in women. I just thought this was an interesting take on um, two things. Number one, that there is very seldom enough medical research on women and women's disorders mm-hmm. or regular disorders being researched on women. Mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the points here. And then the other point is um, there is not enough research done for um, off-label uses mm-hmm. for certain drugs. And I'm not just talking about Ozempic because like, obviously that's a big one that has an off-label use. But you, as you know, most drugs have off-label uses. Mm-hmm. My mom was on a bunch of I was going to say, especially I feel like with them. Um... Like a lot of seizure mm-hmm. meds are yeah. used for a lot of other things. Like a lot of <clears throat> epilepsy meds, people use those for off-label uses all mm-hmm. the time. And I think it's super important to um, understand both that, A, mm-hmm. off-label uses can be re- – like drugs can be really helpful for off-label uses. Yeah. But B – that oftentimes there is not enough research done mm-hmm. on those drugs for yeah. the off-label uses. Well, that's, you have the, to be really that's the thing I think like that people forget about doctors is that they always say that like they're practicing medicine. You know what I mean? They're not like they're like, you're always still kind of working and learning on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, there are oftentimes more, you know, there are things that you can like try and learn. You know what I mean? Like they maybe read a paper that, you know, this one, you know, someone has a theory that, you know, Ozempic can do X, Y, Z. And it's like, okay, well the risks are probably low. You know, if this person wants to try it, we can try it. But again, you don't know the situation. Um, yeah, and I feel like some some doctors will tell you that, but others will just prescribe an off-label. Yeah. Without telling you that there are a lot of risks. Mm-hmm. Um, which is whatever. I mean, I guess just do, everybody should do their own research and read their own white papers. I think that's very important. 
and not a lot of people do. She really wants to like be down and go down and down and down. Um, I think they're really mobile for their age. Yeah. Was that right? Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like they really move a lot, and I'm not really like prepared for that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh. Okay, so Mushroom Mama sent me this TikTok, mm -hmm. and I disagree with it, and I would like you to give me your feelings about it. If your partner has ADHD, listen I watched to this me. already, by the way. Okay, good. Should yeah, I watch this ahead of time? Anyway? Sure. I mean, we can play the gist of it. Don't talk to them when they're doing something. Are they reading? Are they getting work done? Are they on their phone? Did you talk to them? You're stupid. Don't make too many noises. Men, they seem irritated. Also, don't touch them. That's stupid to do. When you're telling a story, get to the point. Don't repeat yourself. We're not dumb. We're smarter than you. We get it. When you repeat, we hate you for that. That's stupid to do. Thoughts? Well, I mean, I know this is somewhat comical. Um, like, it's supposed to be like, you, you know. You think it's a joke? I think her... Just grunting. She runs. That's what she does. Um, I think it's... Um, I mean, I think the delivery is supposed to be funny, right? No idea. I would say it's supposed to be funny in delivery, so there's like, you know, I know it's probably a little bit of like hyperbole or something. You can't turn it. Oh, shit. Dumb. Yeah. I mean, what were they? $30? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate, but you can't turn them. I've already tried. But yeah. Um, okay, but what I feel about it is, she just wants to scoot all the way down and I don't get it. I'm going to bring her back up. Um, what my feelings about it is, again, what I typed here and what I've said a hundred times, <clears throat> I feel strongly that if you know that you have an impediment of any kind, or if you know that you have, you need an accommodation, you require an accommodation. Um, thank you for logging. If you know you require an accommodation, that's on you, right? This was told to me in actually when I was doing that nursing program, this is the first time I heard this. And I know I've told you this anecdote before, so I'm sorry for repeating it, but no, it's okay. for all those really out remember. there, um, you will remember as soon as I say it. But um, I was doing this nursing program and I, they, there was a, you, I had to take a single physical class, like, like not PE, but an equivalent for a nursing school, you know? Yeah, nursing school. That's all right. Nursing students, volleyball, let's go. Or just nursing students, six laps. You know what I mean? Um, but we had to take like a physical requirement. And um, in that class, there was a person who, she did this exercise like to help you get to know the people around you where they did the three lines, you know, the three line exercise. There's like a line here, middle, and, and everybody stands on the middle. Mm -hmm. And then like the two sidelines represent something. So she would be like, for example, she'd be like, okay, step to the left if you like winter better or to the right if you like summer better and everyone would do it and then you could look at who agrees with you and who doesn't you know what i'm saying she did those and she she did like 30 of them you know what i mean stand on this line if this and the right and then what she got to one of them and she said um or i think it was the last one she did she said okay step on the to the left if you get hangry which means you get angry when you're hungry or to the right if you get tangry which means you get um angry when you're tired and um, and then she said, how many of you didn't know that that was a thing? Because I didn't, but mm -hmm. I get tangry. I don't get hangry. I get tangry. Like when I'm tired, I'm the worst. I'm an evil person. Um, But I didn't know it was a thing. Anyway, she said stuff to those lines. And so we did. And she said, okay, now you guys already know all this stuff about you, right? Mm -hmm. So like you could do the winter summer thing. You know you don't like summer, right? Or you know whatever. But doing the hangry tangry one, and this was her example, she said, if you know you get hangry and you know you're going to go to 
a car show or somewhere you're going to be all day, right? Mm -hmm. It is your responsibility and no one else's to make sure that you have a snack or that you have planned to get food. Because if you get hangry or when you get hangry, it's on you and no one else. No one else is required to, to be responsible for your mm. for feeding you or for it's the same for any accommodation. If you know you have an accommodation, it's no one else's responsibility to accommodate you. You have to figure that out for yourself. Yeah. You have to accommodate yourself and make sure that you have set yourself up to be successful. Mm. If you know you get tangry, then you need to make sure that you get a full night's rest before you have something big to do. If you're doing a public speech the next day and you go to bed at three in the morning, that's not on anybody else. It was no one else's responsibility to call you and say, hey, make sure you get to bed on time. You know time. what I'll tell you about me, though? What? If I went to bed at three and I had to wake up at seven for that speech. Yeah. Be the best fucking speech I've ever done. <laughs> Shut up. You know what I mean? If I I can't do it a lot, but like if I have something important and I end up staying up late and I'm like, oh fuck, this is gonna be like this is gonna be a rough day at work. This is a big day, you know, bi- you know, something's happening. Big speech. Gonna gonna be something I'm crazy the next day. Gotta rest up. Don't fall asleep or I wake up, you know, wake up at three or whatever, and then it's like I don't go back to sleep. I can shine bright, but not for that long. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll kill it for whatever needs You're to happen. You're a shooting star. Yeah. I'll, I'll burn. Yeah. As Def Leppard has told us, better to burn out than fade away. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's my fucking life advice for your ass. Thanks, Mr. Leopard. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, But yeah, sorry. I kind of diverted there from what we were talking about. What um, was the title of the episode? The title of the episode, mm-hmm. White Savior Karen. I really did not think you would remember. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, um, I believe that I if feel you... like I'm, I'm getting my Alzheimer's test at the doctor's office. <laughs> they're like, remember these three what words. What was the color? I told you to remember. Yeah, they're Purple. like, remember brown, panda bear, and fox. No, you know what I mean? Two animals. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Television. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wrench. What's? I literally forgot wrench was a word for a second. <laughs> I thought you said ranch because we had we were talking about ranch earlier. Yeah. I thought you said ranch in the wrong way. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, so if you, know, if you know you have an impediment and you know you need an accommodation, you are required to take care of your own accommodation. For example, if you know you have ADHD and you are unmedicated and or your medication is not doing what it needs to, and mm. you know that when people talk to you while you're doing something. Uh, you can't pay attention or you, you know, whatever she's trying to say, it's your responsibility to take care of that. No one else's. It's not someone else's fault for talking to you. I'm going to go on a slight aside about ADHD. Mm-hmm. How, how, how fitting. Um, <laughs> how apropos. Spelled this guy A-P-R-O-S. Was talking. No, A-P-R-O-P-R-O-S. Apropos. Mm-hmm. That's how it's spelled. Um, this guy was talking about... Um, how adults can manage their ADHD. Well, let me tell you this. They Everything can. he said. No. <laughs> he said. You know what the first thing he said was? What? He pulled something out of his pocket. What do you think it was? Fidget spinner. Nope. A fidget spinner. He goes, I have this on me at all times. Mm. This is your oh, working. Oh, I've seen this. You sent this This to is me. your working memory. Yeah, because you sent this people to me. with ADHD don't have an, a working memory. He said, so whenever you make a promise to someone about something you're going to do, you write it down in here. And this goes with you everywhere. He said, don't put it in your phone. Don't put it in a calendar. Because generally, people that like people with ADHD that use those systems don't stick with it, and then oh. they don't they don't use it. Um, then they don't use anything. Um. But, yeah, like, several of the things that he said that adults with ADHD need to do to manage their ADHD are things that I already do for myself, which is interesting. But Well, yeah, because you're self-diagnosed. Yeah, but I, I did them before I saw that video. Yeah, because you found ways to make yourself successful mm-hmm. in your own. Because that's the thing. Like, I've tried to use digital note things, and I don't stick with it. I don't know what it is, but, like, whenever I tried to, like... Oh, like I'll just quick, like I, there's even like, you know, a little drop down thing. Like I can just swipe down and like press the notes button wherever it is in here somewhere. Um, and like take a quick note. I never do it. 
But anyway, getting back to this conversation, I mean, yeah, it's your responsibility as an individual to like take care of your needs. But I think it's nice if you have a partner and you can like kind of talk about like ways to, you know, help them. Well, I don't have ADHD, but I do get um, sensory overload easily. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes when I, this happens with Rosie Cotton a lot, but like too many things will be going on. Like he'll try to, he'll be trying to talk to me. The TV is on and the babies are crying or something. Mm -hmm. And he can see it. Like he can see it on my face that I have to pause the TV. Mm -hmm. Like he knows when I'm not, I can't. Yeah. And it's not that I zone out or don't listen. It's moreover that it's the opposite. It's it's like I'm trying to listen to you so much, but it's not coming through because of the other noise in the room. Yeah. That I have to like I get angry. I'm like I can't hear you. I yeah. can't focus. I, mean, I think yeah, when your partner knows you well, it's easier for them to notice those things and kind of help you regulate in whatever ways you need to for whatever kind of you know, situations you're dealing with. I would never require him to do that though. Yeah. I think I would never be like, well, I think also furthermore, I don't think you would ever get upset with him for not automatically doing it. If you didn't voice, like if you didn't voice that you needed it, because at the end of the day, like you can know pretty well, like what your partner needs, but you're at the end of the day, still not like a mind reader or a fortune teller. Like you still have to have a conversation sometimes. And if you're not voicing a need that you have from your partner, then you're and you're getting upset with them for not fulfilling that need. That's a little correct. It's all every single time. It's about communication. I like truly believe that like 90% of issues, especially interpersonal issues. You know who also said this? What? Ooh. That everything comes down to communication or lack thereof. Mm my father well yeah but i'm right and he's crazy yeah and also he didn't communicate remember that thing of when he said communication is the most important thing and then instead of saying i think i don't want to be with you anymore he just um did the wrong thing the the old irish goodbye (laughs) literally but but somehow he's not irish Mm -hmm. (laughs) ancestry.com will tell you that i know um I don't know what this one is, but it, I I tagged it as how the mind gravitates towards the same thoughts. So let's the most see. beautiful metaphor of this I heard that. from a, a neuroscientist. He said, think of your mind as a hill covered in snow, and your thoughts are um, sleds going down the hill. After a while, your thoughts are going to keep getting drawn like a tractor into the same grooves, and it's going to be very hard to get down the hill without falling into those grooves. Think of the psychedelic experience as a fresh snowfall filling the grooves now he goes on to talk about psychedelics but i just thought that was such a cool metaphor for the way your brain works is that like if you think about it like a snowy hill Mm -hmm. and like a ski ski slope or whatever Mm -hmm. your thoughts will gravitate toward those same tracks Mm -hmm. and i think that's also why that's so clever Mm -hmm. and i think that's why it's really important to kind of have that metacognition about thinking about how you're thinking about things or approaching things, especially if you work in a team capacity, like kind of always leaning in to getting group feedback, I think is important because sometimes you don't like, sometimes you don't notice that you're operating in those tracks. Sometimes you don't know that you're operating only in the tracks that, you know, you have, and they probably work a lot of the time. You know, like heuristics are what they are or because you think they do. Well, yeah, but I mean, because you can sometimes you operate in an echo chamber where pe- even the things that aren't working, nobody's going to tell you they're not mm-hmm. working because they might be working for you. Well, yeah, that's kind of why like a, a diverse and not even necessarily diverse in a way that is commonly used, like diverse in thought, approach, and experiences is important for a team because if you end up with all of the same person, like if you have copies of you on your team, like there might be a lot of like cohesion, like everyone's like on the same. But there won't be a lot of innovation. They're all on the same track. Yeah. Hey y'all. That's a, did I talk about this on the podcast? Did I talk about super chickens before? Okay. Not that, not to my knowledge. Okay. Well, sorry about it, listeners, if I've talked about it. I don't remember. 
but super chickens is this um, experiment that someone did at some point in time and it was the scientist and he took chickens and saw which ones yeah, produced you did. the most eggs we talked about this like recently like two pods ago maybe don't remember i'm sorry that's okay i can't believe i remembered but yeah because the way i remembered it wasn't super chickens it was like basically like um selective evolution yeah of like basically yeah like he, they evolved I well, mean, yeah, it's, he just, picked, it's not even selective it's just yeah he picked the ones that would lay the most eggs and he would continue to group them together to see like what their yield was in comparison to a regular randomly selected group of chickens and eventually they like lost members of the super chicken group because the reason that they were producing more eggs is because they were pecking to death the other chickens and like not allowing them to lay their eggs so it's like if you get to a if, if there's a team of rock stars superstars you know you always hear like oh this person you know, they can do it them all themselves or whatever. So the A team. If you get all of them on the same team, it doesn't always work out. Someone's for the best. gonna get pecked to death. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um reproductivity and just working hard. This is some quick stress relief for you all. Let's learn it. What's best for teams, just to round this out, the they found from a different study where they randomly selected teams to work together um there were there were some randomly selected and then some with um they they selected them to be like or high iq or something like that the regular teams outperform the other ones and the teams that did like three things performed the best one was that they allotted a certain amount of time for each person to voice their idea about how to solve a complex problem like some kind of yeah you know, they were given these Problems that they had to solve as a group. Like parameters. Um, and the ones that were most successful did that, as well as had a um, higher percentage of women in their group. That does not surprise me. We're problem solvers. That was th two things? Was there a third? I forget what the third one was. Oh. Forgot the first name, too. I remember that now. Mm -hmm. I remember that I forgot it. Here we go for stress relief. Physiological sod is the fastest hardwired way for us to eliminate this stressful response in our body quickly in real time. Physiological sod is something that we do spontaneously, but when you're feeling stress, you can do a double inhale. Long exhale. When we do a double inhale, even if the second inhale is sneaking in just a tiny bit more air, because it's kind of hard to get too deep inhales back to back, we do a big deep inhale and then another little one sneaking it in. The little sacs in your lungs, your lungs aren't just two big bags, but you've got millions of little sacs throughout the, the lungs. They actually make the surface area of your lungs as big as a tennis court. Those tend to collapse as we get stressed. But when you do the double inhale, exhale, the double inhale reinflates those little sacs of the lungs. And then when you do the long exhale, that long exhale is now much more effective at ridding your body and bloodstream of carbon dioxide, which relaxes you very quickly. The physiological... I love this because that we did this in yoga and I didn't know the science behind it. Mm -hmm. Like that's something they teach you in yoga. Like when I did the yoga teacher trainer, they teach you to like breathe as deeply as you can all the way in. Pause for a second. Hold it right there. Pause. And then sip a little more air to your capacity, like until you feel your sip lungs. Sip that are, air, baby. Are like expanded as as mm -hmm. most they can be, and then I mean in yoga, we I do a side called lion's breath, mm. which is where you make an audible sigh. But I think it's the same as long as you're doing the two, the double yeah. sip inhale and then a long exhale, it's the same. Mm -hmm. But that's interesting, isn't it? That's the fastest real time way to alleviate stress. Sometimes I'll notice I'll do this like automatically, this? not this exactly, but I'll if I f I think sometimes like not that I'm not breathing, but like I'll be breathing like, like shallow or something. Yeah, not because of like being 
Yeah, just because like, you physically. brought attention to your breath and yeah, or like yeah, like you know maybe it's like a little bit of a uh, you know high pressure or stress environment. Like I'm not breathing like full breaths. Like it's kind of shallower just because of like. I mean, it's not, like, physically intensive, but it's, like, that kind of environment. And I'll just, like, I notice that after I have a moment, I'll let out, like, a long exhale. And I just kind of caught myself doing it one time, and I was like, why do I do this? And I'll let I'll let out, like, kind of like a sigh, like, of, like, ah, whatever. And it's like, oh, well, like, I that's guess maybe that's... a physiological stress relief response. Yeah. That's... So interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. Because I'm like, why do I do that? Like, I never did, thought did, about it. Did you ever notice that it brought you any kind of relief? Yeah, because it's like, did I noticed, because less? after I do it, it's like, oh, wow, I wasn't really like, I wasn't regularly breathing. I was breathing like shallow because I was, I was like, I must have been a little bit stressed or something or a little anxious about whatever was going on. I find that after the, after the sigh, I do feel more relaxed Mm -hmm. i agree which i think is very interesting but there's a biological reason for it who even knew this man did the sleep science guy as it were yeah do you want to try hostage tape what hostage tape i don't know what that is something he's a big proponent of taping your mouth closed for sleep no you don't want to try it Mm -mm. yeah i do it's a lot better for you he talks about it you should look it up um i'm about to look it up because you're not supposed to breathe out of your mouth, like unless you're like physically like. Whatever. But I'm mouth breathing right now. But listen to this one. We're gonna norm. Vag is gonna bring back the word glimmer. Okay. Not this. I recently learned about the term glimmer. I hate this. Um. Glimmer is the opposite of a trigger. Glimmer are micro moments in your day that make you feel joy, happiness, peace, or gratitude. When you train your brain to be on lookout for glimmers, the more that those tiny moments begin to appear. So basically, like, instead of like, oh, that triggered me. Like, you have moments in the day where, you know, mm-hmm. most people, I sometimes notice them, but I never put a name to them. But I like that they're called glimmers. Mm-hmm. Because then you could call attention to them and be like, oh, I had like you know five glimmers. You know what helps you call today. attention to, to glimmers? Mm-hmm. What now? When you remember that the obstacle is the way. Mm. That's all I can say. You and. I was talking about this at my work and someone Stoicism? said, someone said, do you listen to the Daily Stoic? I was like, fucking Ryan Holiday is my guy. They were like, You're like you yeah, I'm really getting into Stoicism. And I was like, that's interesting. You're like, I'm already into it, bro. Mm-hmm. I was like, here's my obstacle is the way situation. Okay. There are other tenants. I feel like I need to learn them. You definitely. But I'm really, but this one's really like changing my life in ways, I think. You should just, I got you. Hold on, I need to write something down. I'm stop, stop, stop. I hate when it plays things automatically. Got it. Okay. Okay. Here's a... You do yours first. No, I'm still trying to find the right thing. Oh. This is a... um, It's just a piece of life advice. But I really like it. It says, don't let a waiting season become a wasted season. Whatever you're waiting for, the proposal, a promotion, pregnancy, a new house, a new job, etc. Don't let it find you waiting. May it find you living because your life doesn't start when all of your dreams have come true. So when that thing that you're waiting on does finally come, let it find you caught up in the middle of a full and lovely and abundant life. Mm-hmm. It's just the same thing as saying like uh life is a journey not a destination, mm-hmm. right? Like but I like this better like don't let a waiting season become a wasted season, meaning like you know, when you're on the way to that thing trying to get to the thing that you keep saying like oh, I can't wait till this thing, like do other things in the interim and make mm-hmm. your life meaningful. Not just race to the red light as it were. Yeah. 
not to not because there's always the next there's always the next intersection then you know what i mean that's what i'm trying to say bro that's what i'm saying bro so i have i have point and counterpoint here for hostage tape taping your mouth at night so here's point see these people they're mouth breathers can it also change face shape yeah so this is a wild book called jaws a hidden epidemic by colleagues of mine at stanford there's one case of this young girl who just she got a, a pet hamster i think it was got a uh, allergy to the hamster and literally took this beautiful young girl and she just her face just starts aging at a rapid rate they get rid of the hamster she goes back to nasal breathing they do a little bit of encouragement of nasal breathing using the mouth closure thing at night do a little bit of medical tape and like her these beautiful almost like model-esque features come back in this girl mm. jaw shape and the clear to the nasal passages and this was known in the 1800s there was a book called shut your mouth by a British doctor who talked about the fact that people who snore sleep like this and then during the daytime they become mouth breathers. He said they become less attractive than the people who are uh, nose breathers. It's really. There are other health things related to it that he's discussed Not just before. Be pretty. No, I don't remember what they are, but it's like. Counterpoint? It definitely. So, counterpoint this is from someone else, a different medical doctor. And he is saying, don't your mouth while sleeping so lately there's been a trend online about taping your mouth overnight to get better sleep and stop your snoring you know i do agree with the fact that breathing through your nose you do get better oxygen to your body and you filter out the air that the mouth cannot do i would rather address the acute cause yes that's what it was just to highlight it it was um like snoring you're not getting restful sleep if you're snoring the whole night as well as um like you're meant to breathe through your nose because it filters out mm-hmm. what you're not supposed because your your mouth breathing doesn't. It's like if you um it's like if you have like a water system and like the pressure's low. So you go to like bypass to your pre filter, you know what I mean? To get more water flow in, but none of that is being pre filtered. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You get a higher flow in a in a rate where you're not getting enough flow through. You know what I mean? But it's not being filtered the way it's supposed to. If that makes sense to our to our listener, our listeners, if you're I out there. You why you're snoring and why you're not getting enough sleep? Because taping your mouth could also be dangerous. The reason I say that is because you may have obstructive sleep apnea, center sleep apnea, or even a nasal deviation. And if you those conditions, if you tape your mouth, you might be making them worse. So what should you do? Don't tape your mouth and don't blindly follow these online trends. Should you be Okay. So that's what he says. Hmm. I don't Sometimes I wonder if I have a deviate like a deviated thing. You could. Because I like I can't really breathe out of one side. You could also just have a, a polyp of some kind. A polyp? On, on your sinus. Yeah, like I can really breathe polyps out of my right side. Polyps on their sinuses. They're God, I have so many sinus problems, I probably do. Totally Who do I ask? Any NT. You could also try and do that thing where you shove the thing through your nose and see if it comes out your mouth. And if you can't get it through, then it, you have a polyp. I've done the nasal lavages before. Not that. I have to stick something in my nose through to my mouth? Mm-hmm. It's like a... almost looks like a catheter. It's like a... You know, I'd rather die. <laughs> I'd rather die immediately. Like rubber tubing. Nope. And you and this is, let me tell you about this. You... They did a... One time I had the flu. Have you ever had a flu test done for them to, te- to check what kind oh, of flu you have? thing for strep throat but up your nose? They stick, it's a long Q-tip. Yeah. They stick it in through your nose, into your sinus. Yeah. And then pull it out. Yeah. The doctor came in with a a welder shield on. Oh, yeah. Like up, you know? And he was like, all right, let's do this. Flips it down. And I'm like, what is going to (laughs) happen? I was like, what's this shield for? You know, he had like a smock, big gloves, shield Sticks it in there. I was like, wow, this is the worst feeling I'll probably ever feel. <laughs> it's like stuff's not to go in, you know what I mean, to your yeah, sinus. Yeah. And then he pulled it out. And as he's pulling it out, I heave. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is what the shield's for. You know what I mean? Because I didn't throw up, but I heaved. And then a large glob did hit his shield. 
like an extra little bit of mucus. Sorry for everyone for this. I guess I should have said something before. Did you know about five power button clicks on an iPhone? What? Oh, yeah, it dials the emergency. Yeah, and then you can cancel it, and it'll text all of your emergency mm-hmm. contacts. Yeah. Well, tell the people. Did I know? Yeah, maybe just do the TikTok, because it's probably... Do you have one? they probably explain it a little bit. Didn't didn't know that they put it to music. Keep the song going. One thing, too, that like, I just showed some people in my life that they didn't know about is the the click five times on your iPhone's power button. What does it do? Okay, you guys. So this is like, I'm constantly scared about getting kidnapped. Like I will talk about this throughout the episode, but like getting kidnapped is my biggest fear. So if you have an iPhone and I'll try to like screen record and just zoom on the screen or whatever. But if you have an iPhone and you click the power button five times, it goes into like an emergency response system. So it looks like this. And it says, like, emergency SOS. And then it immediately, if you let it go and you don't, like, press cancel like I just did, it automatically calls emergency services and you can set up your emergency people and it'll automatically send them a message that you need help and it'll send them your location where you're at. Wow. I think one thing, too, that, like, I... Do you want to see? Yeah. But but it'll text your um, emergency contacts as well with your location, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fun? Yeah, because like if you're about to get if you're in an emergency, mm-hmm. that's noise. Yeah. This is nice. Although it does make a sound, I believe if you let it go, it'll go like whoop. I don't want it to whoop, make a sound. Whoop every second. It's oh, so down. that doesn't. That alerts your kidnapper rapist. Yeah, but it locks. Like, the phone locks. Mm. Have you heard of the... This is the last thing we can discuss this time. Have you heard of bed rotting? No. Actually, there's one more thing I want to talk about other than bed rotting. So we're not talking about bed rotting, or we're talking about bed rotting? We are, but it's not the last thing. Let's find out. Optimization, it's anti productivity because you are wasting away under a blanket, and the nothingness is your best life. I'm a sleep scientist who fact checks a lot of trends, and I'm here to tell you that bed rotting is 100% backed by science. Just sink into your sheets and stay there. Some outlets are challenging this beautiful trend, asking, Is it really self care? Now, of course, if you have, let me be super clear crippling anxiety or depression. Bed rotting may not be for you. <laughs> yeah. Because it will make it worse. But they're talking about in a world that is driven by deadlines mm-hmm. and high pressure jobs. Um, spending a mental health day where you don't have to get out of bed and there's no one mm-hmm. waiting for you. Just literally you binge Netflix mm-hmm. and you binge social media and you doom scroll all day and you nap. That's called bed rotting. It's a yeah, trend. I had um I had a conversation kind of similar to this with my, with one of my peers, uh, equivalent to my age. I was like, yeah, you know, there are a lot of things I need to do at my house right now, but like sometimes, like especially last week, I was like, when I have the opportunity right now, like sometimes I just like lay or like take it How easy. How long do you think they've been asleep? An hour. Mm-hmm. Or now. How long have we been recording? How long have we been recording? Because what, like a little bit over that? Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. This isn't right either. Right? We've changed them since then, or no? Yeah, I don't think it. I didn't log it. Well, it's okay, but when did it happen? I don't know. And were they both wet? I don't know what the one was, but... All right, it's fine. doesn't matter. Um, okay, the last thing I think I want to do is... Was, will someone hand me that Crescent City book? I'm just going to read, like, the first something. What everybody's whistle here. I'm going to wait. Oh, do you want me to tell you where I'm at in the book? Yeah, quickly. yeah, 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 y
yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So they just told Nesta that she's done being cut off. She's done being cut off. From dude. her nefarious ways. Dude, I am not bankrolling your fucking debauchery anymore. I'm not mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. No more debauching. No more debauch. Okay. I am now going to read, let's just say the first page. Sure. Of you just keep reading and we just fade out. <laughs> That'd be good. Of uh, House of Earth and Blood, Crescent, mm. a Crescent City novel. Did you hear my stomach do that? I did. Oh, that's fun. Who's it dedicated to? I'll tell you. Taryn, the brightest star in my sky. Hey, Taryn. Here's the map of Lunathion. This isn't a map. It's not? No, it's like so illuminated. It's like a... You know what I mean? It's a map. No, but it's so so hard to tell. I think it's the city because these are roads, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The meat market. But it's also like 3D. You know what I mean? Okay. The four... Ho- okay, here we go. Do you, Should we... I'm going to read the background to them as well. The four houses of Midgard, decreed, as decreed in 33 VE by the Imperial Senate in the Eternal City. Oh my gosh. It's palps in this? House of Earth Star Wars? and Blood includes shifters... Humans, witches, ordinary animals, and many others to whom Xona calls, as well as some chosen by Luna. House of Sky. Isn't it Kathan? Kathana? Sure. Because Kathana is in uh, Marvel, but it was like a real figure. It's like a um, Lovecraftian thing, I think. House of Sky and Breath, including Malakim or Angels. Malakim. Fae, elementals, sprites. Sprites were kicked out of their house as a result of their participation in the fall and are now considered lowers, though many of them refuse to accept this. And, also in House of Sky and Breath, those blessed by Solace, along with some favored by Luna. The third house, House of Many Waters, including river sprites, myrrh, Water beasts, nymphs, kelpies, nox, and other others watched by Ogenus. Ogenus. And the final house, House of Flame and Shadow. This includes Daemonaki, Reapers, Wraiths, Vampires, Draki, Dragons, Necromancers, and many wicked and unnamed things that even Erd herself cannot see. Part one, The Hollow. Just graphic audio presents. You know what I mean? Yeah. A movie within your mind. Is that what it says? Do you want to hear this, bitch? Yeah. But also, hold please. Okay, I'll get it queued up. Okay. There was a wolf at the gallery door, which meant it must be Thursday. Mm -hmm which meant Bryce had to be really God's damn tired if she relied on Danica's comings and goings to figure out what day it was. The heavy metal door to Griffin Antiquities thudded with the impact of the wolf's fist, a fist that Bryce knew ended in metallic purple-painted nails in dire need of a manicure. A heartbeat later, a female voice barked, half-muffled through the steel. Open the hell up, B. It's hot as shit out here. Seated at the desk in the modest gallery showroom, Bryce smirked and pulled up the front door's video feed, tucking a strand of her of her wine-red hair behind a pointed ear. She asked in the intercom, Why are you covered in dirt? You look like you've been rooting through the garbage. What the fuck does rooting mean? Danica hopped, hopped from foot to foot, sweat gleaming from her brow. She wiped at it with a filthy hand, smearing the black liquid splattered there. You'd know if you ever picked up a book, Danica. Glad for the break in what had been a morning of tedious research, Bryce smiled as she rose from the desk. With no exterior windows, the gallery's extensive surveillance equipment served as her only warnings of who stood beyond its thick walls. 
even with her sharp, half-fay hearing. She couldn't make out much beyond the iron door saved for the occasional banging fist. What do you even think? Like, oh. mm -hmm. I think that graphic audio is going to do that one next. Crescent City. This mm -hmm. book is 800 pages. Mm -hmm. Hefty. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. Just kidding. Cauldron, damn it. <laughs> uh, Mother, damn it. You know what I mean? I do. It's like picking up from where you left off. No. Do you want to do the cast? Well, I hope you have enjoyed this program. God. No. Sorry. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this. Why would I be doing this? You know what I mean? Rune Dannon. Well, I hope you have enjoyed. This is Audible. Graphic Audio presents A Court of Winds and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass, Part 1. Narrated by Anthony Palmini as Resend and Melody Muse as Farer, and performed by a full cast. Two years before the war. That's crazy. I don't know if I can handle that. I don't need all that. <laughs> it seems like a lot. Well, it's kind of nice because I hate when, like, it goes both ways. Like, men and women um, narrators, they're like, when they, they're like, like, women are like, and Rhysand said, like, they lower their voice. And then the guy's like, Reese, You know what I mean? Like, makes I hate, it's so annoying. Just read it, read it straight. Yeah. like Or read it straight. Or... Like, change your tone, like, you know, your intonation. Like, it's 69 in here. You know what I mean? I do. Like, you can change how you, how you read it, but don't change your voice. You know what I mean? Have a, other people read it, or, you know what I mean? I do. Are you enjoying it the most? The series on the scale from 1 to 5 so far. Right. I yawned. Um, four. Everyone should read it. <laughs> it's Akatar. Everyone should read it. Goodbye. Oh, no. You just clear the whole thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not your fucking toe, bro. Ha, 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 ha.